So when I was 12 years old, I was visiting my family in Hong Kong, and my aunt wanted us to visit Macau, which is a territory of mainland China. So a bunch of us took this ferry that happened to have a casino on board. Back in the day, there was a point where we were on international waters, meaning that there was technically no legal gambling age. I think you know where I'm going with this. My aunt took out a whole stack of coins, and my sister and I went to town. I mean, the staff didn't stop us. We won enough money that day to buy ourselves some pretty nice outfits. I'm talking like Nike tracksuits, 80 style. That was my one and only gambling experience. For Bo, his is an entirely different story altogether. He also started gambling at a young age and then became addicted to it when he was an adult. Here he is describing one of the low points. I was like, all my problems will be solved by this jackpot. And then a half an hour later, all the money was gone. Bo got into a ton of debt. We're talking about what someone might take out for student loans. He felt like he had no choice at that point but to file for bankruptcy so he can get some breathing room. So what happened? Did Bo finally squash his gambling addiction? Welcome to Beyond the Dollar with me, Sarah Lee Kane, where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects your well-being. We go there. The guilt, stress, exhilaration, and fear, no topic is taboo. My guest today is Bo Humphreys, host of the Personal Finance Show. We chat about why he used gambling as a coping mechanism for his undiagnosed ADD, why he felt like he had to file for bankruptcy when his last relapse happened, and what he's doing since that time. Stick around to the end where I'm going to distill some takeaways from our conversation, including questions to ask yourself when you find it hard to cope emotionally. Before we get started, if you're struggling with how to spend your money on the things you love, I've created a values-based spending guide, which can help you hone in on what you value the most and how to apply it to your financial life. To grab it, go to beyondthedollar.co slash values. And to find resources shared in this episode, head over to beyondthedollar.co or click on the link in your podcast app. Now, get ready, grab a seat, and let's go Beyond the Dollar. Well, welcome to Beyond the Dollar. So excited to have you on. It's great to be here. Awesome. So how much money have you lost, if you can remember, from all of your gambling efforts? Well, yeah, the thing about gambling is you win and you lose and you win and you lose, right? So <laughs> it's uh, in terms of the amount of debt that I had, the highest amount at uh, the point where you know I was like, I got to do something about this, uh, it was $40,000. Yeah. Okay, so you're in debt for forty thousand dollars. Is that the total amount that you've lost throughout the years of of gambling? It's probably uh, like you know plus or minus that because you know sometimes you can win some of it back, right? And it's it's the only advantage to this this addiction. You know, it's hard you, you, if you drink alcohol or or you know smoke or whatever. There, there aren't any there's no chances of winning, right? So gambling is weird that way, right? And that and it's actually kind of a negative thing because the winning encourages you maybe to continue. And that's not great, right? Right, exactly. So let's talk so 40, about 40,000, good okay. number. So 40,000, yeah. okay. So you mentioned very briefly that that was your low point. You're like, I need to do something about this. So talk us through that moment. I guess you can say an aha moment of, okay, I see this debt. I'm going to do something about it. And then what did you do? Yeah, so... You know, with gambling, and not everyone's gambling addiction story is the same, but mine is, uh, you know, it's not uh, atypical. It's uh, you're gambling, 
maybe you start losing and a lot of it is chasing losses, right? I mean, you're gambling for whatever reason. For me, it was you know because I had attention deficit disorder. I, I wasn't uh, aware of that. It was making me not able to... Well, it was making me miserable. I couldn't really cope with life in the regular way. So I turned to gambling. And but gambling brings into this, oh, I can win it back. I can win it back if I just increase my bets or whatever it is. Try a different game or, oh, I, I know how to do this. There's skill involved in this one, right? Which is a, a you know, huge fallacy, of course. But you know, when you like, get to a certain point to realize that you're never going like, to fix this by gambling. And, and mine was, um, you know, I, I, won, I won a jackpot. It was a $20,000 jackpot. And I was like, all my problems will be solved by this jackpot. And then a half an hour later, all the money was gone. And it was just, it was devastating and also a hugely important moment of my life all at the same time, because that's when I realized I'm never going to get out of this by gambling. And I got to figure out what is wrong with me and try to put a stop to it. And of course, that takes time. And then when you have all this debt hanging over you, you're like, well, I can't even keep up with these minimum payments. So I started looking into bankruptcy. I never thought about it as an option before, but you know, this like I didn't know where else to go. And when I looked into bankruptcy, I found that there were two options in Canada, and they're very similar to, I believe it's uh, chapter. 11 and chapter 13, whatever regular bankruptcy is in the US, that matches our bankruptcy. And then chapter 13, I believe, is closer to our consumer proposal where you just pay less than like you would, not zero, but you pay like your debt is reduced, right? You talk to the creditors and say, hey, I can't pay all of this. Would you take this amount instead? So about that time, I was at 40 grand and I went to an insolvency trustee in Canada and I said, Hey, I think I need to file this consumer proposal. So they looked at all my info and they said, "Okay, um, you know, this forty thousand. We're going to go to your creditors and say, uh, would you take fifteen thousand? And it's going to be fifty payments, monthly payments of three hundred dollars. It's all fixed, and the creditors accepted it, and that kind of saved my life. That was really the the first step to take in order to start working on, you know, now now how do I stop gambling?" Mm. So what were your payments? Do you know what your payments were before you filed the uh, Chapter 13 bankruptcy? Yeah. So it was all credit cards, right? And mm -hmm. uh, depending on the credit card company, if you have like, you know, there were different rules back then, but let's just go with general rules over the last, you know, 15, 20 years. If you owe more than like five grand, I think they want you to pay two or 3%. So let's just say like as a minimum payment, right? Because if you don't, uh, if you just pay interest, then you're never going to get out of it. And you know, there's you know, there's certain rules, but it really does depend on the credit card. So, but let's say it was two percent. So my minimum payment would have been eight hundred. If three percent, it would have been twelve hundred. And I did my budget at the time, and I only had six hundred left at the end of the month after paying for my living expenses. So I could not afford the minimum payments. And then if I did make those minimum payments, it would have taken me thirty years to pay down <laughs> the forty. And it would have cost me 40000 in additional interest. Mm, okay. So when you decided to stop, when you looked at your credit card statements and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm $40,000 in a bunch of credit card debt. Did you stop gambling cold turkey? Like, What was the transition like in terms of basically trying to squash that habit or addiction? Yeah. So I mean, I did for a little bit. Like At that point, I was gambling online. And the only way to gamble online is with a credit card, or was at the time. 
I definitely figured a way around it later on, but you know, maybe we'll get to that. But at the time, it was like no credit card, no gambling. And I was like, this is exactly what I need. So I wasn't worried about the consequence of being insolvent and not being able to get credit. I didn't want credit. Credit is, is what enabled me to get into this situation in the first place. Not that I wouldn't have found another way around it, but it wouldn't have been as quick, right? And I wouldn't have been able to access all the money and to, to do it so quickly online. That's the downside to online gambling. You know, if you, you have to get to a casino, drive to a casino, you, know, you can only buy so many lottery tickets. There are barriers that you know, online gambling doesn't have. Like you could just sit in your living room or in your bed and turn on the laptop and have a credit card number. So I was, you know, I was good without credit. And yeah, I just kind of, you know, I was able to stop at that point. But that didn't mean that I didn't want to gamble. And the thing about gambling or any addiction is that it's not like um, you take away the method and then it just goes away. You have to f- try to figure out what it is that's causing you to gamble. And so I just started just doing more introspection and what the the proposal did and the ruined credit did was give me that opportunity and that room to breathe so that I wasn't stressed out about the money thing and I could really just focus on myself. Interesting. That's that's really cool you're able to focus on yourself. So did you go to counseling? What else what did you do to 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 come to the conclusion that it was the the lack of coping skills because you have ADHD that really triggered the the gambling addiction? Yeah, so I had been in uh, problem gambling counseling for a while, just you know, trying to figure out the source of all this, and so it just kind of accelerated it a bit when I got into this you know big trouble, and then I decided to to file for uh, insolvency, and I just started just looking all over the internet for like what else? I, I'm clearing out all the things in my life that are bad, right? You know, bad boss, bad relationship. You know, just sort of eliminating all the layers because there's lots of layers when it comes to the mental health and you know trying to figure out what you need to be happy in your life and so i'm peeling back all these layers and i'm realizing well what's left like what else could this be and i just stumbled across this test and i call it ADD cuz i don't have the hyperactivity part but the official title is ADHD as you said and i did the test and it's like yeah you know you might have this you should go do a real test with a psychiatrist and Lucky for me at the you know the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, where I was taking my uh, gambling counseling, there's a psychiatrist on staff that I can just go see. And I got the test and that's what it was. Uh, getting medicated for the ADD, that changed everything. It really worked well with the rest of the therapy that I've been taking, uh, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy and mindfulness. I took an eight-week mindfulness course, the John Kabat-Zinn course that he came up with. And all this stuff really works well together. The medication doesn't work all by itself, right? You, you still have to change the behaviors that you've built up. And so by doing that all together and then continuing to you know, focus on mindfulness and you know, just trying to find other ways to cope and not going right back to gambling, it took a couple more years, but I, I eventually squashed the gambling. So that's, that was kind of the path there. And at the same time, I'm paying off this proposal and making more money so that I can now save money. And it's the first time I like have money in the bank and I'm really working on myself. And like I feel like I'm living finally. And it was, I was just in such a, a blur of days for so long. So that was the, that was the way out. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm curious, what were the things you were trying to cope with 
that you weren't successful at before you went to you know therapy and, and medication and that mindfulness course you were talking about? Yeah, so ADD manifests differently in a lot of different people, but for me, I had a lot of fear, right? And you could tie the fear to inability to focus. But what I like to say is that you know when I woke up in the morning, I really started with a deficit of mental energy. And that that's kind of my way to describe what attention deficit disorder is, is imagine you get up and maybe you do a full day of work. You start at 100. And by the end of the day, maybe you're down to 25. You're tired, but it was a good work day. You go to sleep and you start over at 100 the next morning, right? That's maybe a, a normal example. For me, just like I started at zero in the morning. And so in order to get any like regular work done in a, in a job, just, you know, processing things, meetings, you know, trying to improve the, this or that about the business or just whatever your job is, I had to borrow energy from, from I guess, for me, from future me or, or nowhere. I just started to be negative. And the way that I describe it is negative energy, it just, it made me miserable, right? And it's that, that misery... I just needed to know that there was something that was going to help me deal with that misery in the future. And I think the gambling was the thing that I grabbed onto. A lot of people, it's uh, an addiction, it's other things, right? So it's like, you got your negative energy, no, you got to have like drink all night, right? For me, it was you know, gambling. I just needed to, I couldn't cope naturally. I just didn't have that ability because I was already so depleted and it was just so hard to be normal. You know, it's, it's a weird thing to say, but I had to work so hard to just achieve anything. And I, I hated my life, really. And I didn't know how to express it at the time. And, you know, how do you like everyone else is just sort of doing their thing and maybe they're not the happiest people in the world, but they seem like they're making through in life. But on the inside, I knew that I was just so unhappy and I didn't know what to do about it. So that's like, that's what changed when the medication started because the, the therapy by itself didn't change that part of me that had negative energy throughout the day. That was the main thing. Like You can have so much behavioral therapy, but if you have a disconnection in your brain, some kind of deficiency, like a chemical deficiency, you can try all the therapy you want and, and nothing's going to change it. I think a lot of people try natural remedies for things that like really can only be fixed by pharmaceuticals. And because we have this whole culture of, you know, over medication and I don't want to do this, I'm going to try to deal with it myself. Well, then you waste so many years of your life trying to fix it yourself when you just have to accept there's something wrong in your brain and taking this one pill will change that. And there's, it's nothing to be ashamed of. My life is so different now than it was before. And it's mostly because I was able to fix that disconnection in my brain. And that's it. Like, I'm just glad that I went there because, you know, it took a couple of years, of course, as I said, to, to rebuild like all of the bad pathways that I had, had made. But I am a totally different person now. And, and that's amazing. And I agree. If anyone's listening and you're going through, it doesn't have to be gambling addiction, but any mental health challenges, emotional challenges, seek some sort of help. It, it can be that there's a chemical imbalance. It, you never know unless you don't you, know. yeah. you're willing to go there. And yeah, you don't know. I mean, it, it's certainly scary. I remember the first time I went to a therapy session, I mm. was 
terrified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I was terrified. But looking back, I'm like, thank goodness I went. I mean, I, I have better coping mechanisms and, and ways to see what's going on with a different lens. So, and I imagine the same for you as well. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you don't, you won't necessarily need to have the medication like I did. You, you, there are natural ways to do it, but, you know, don't, uh, you know, hit your head against the wall for years and years when those aren't working, right? It could be a combo of both of them. And you might not be able to help yourself or just like regular counseling might not be able to help. So I just, I just want to emphasize that, that you know, in my opinion and, and my experience is the only way to really move forward, you know, was the medication because, hey, I, you know, I was broken, right? Mm-hmm. I am curious though, because I, using it as a coping mechanism, and you're right, like there's so many different types of addictions, like shopping addiction, eating addiction, yeah. you know, harder drugs. What was it about gambling that helped you? Was it the thrill of winning? Was it just the idea of throwing a bunch of cash and getting more? Like, what was it? Yeah. It, you know, and I've thought about this a bit. And what we figured out is I like little wins. Like, so, you know, playing a video game, you know, you get a little win, you pass the next level or you, you uh, level up, right? Or, you know, you complete a task that, you know, gets you some money or, you know, you just do a side job for somebody or the same for me, a musical performance, right? All little wins. And, and I really enjoyed that. I, I'm always, I've always been a money person too, right? So combine the little wins with money and you get gambling, really. <laughs> it's kind of, that's the formula. It was the perfect place to get the little wins that I needed that I wasn't getting I wasn't getting any of the wins during the day. It was just seemed like everything I was doing was, even if I was accomplishing it or finishing it, it was always just, it took too long. It took too much of my, my energy. It, it, it just was not satisfying. And I, I was missing that. I think that's, that's the key. And, and so that's why gambling, and I, you know, I never enjoyed drugs and wasn't much of a drinker. I did stop drinking when I stopped gambling, though, when I was trying to quit gambling at the beginning because you know, inhibitions are lowered when you're on any substance. And that's the perfect time for the gambling monster to come in and take over, right? Mm, That is so true. Probably why they, I I don't know, I'm not really sure. I don't remember casinos in Canada, if they serve alcohol, but I know when I lived in Asia, that was, they would just walk around with alcohol. But anyway, that's that's, that's a little side tangent. (laughs) And the air conditioning and the conditions are perfect Mm. to allow for the people to stay there, to lower their inhibitions. Free food, everything is made to keep people gambling and gambling more. Absolutely. So these feelings of despair and, and you're saying like, oh, it, it took me so much time to do stuff. Was that, did that start when you're an adult or did that start when you were, or do you have any recollections of that when you were younger? Yeah. Well, you know, ADD is an interesting thing, right? A lot of people get diagnosed when they're kids and, and then they also have, they might have the H in there. For me, uh, there's this whole... Um, it's just a concept that I have of, you know, your natural level of intelligence, right? So you, like, you start as a kid and, and you're able to do things well without trying, right? Maybe you've just always been good at math or, you know, maybe you're good at something else and you never have to study. Somebody says, hey, this is how you do it. And you're like, oh, okay, great. I, I know how to do that now. And maybe even teach others. And that's how I was right up to grade 11 in school, about 16 years old or so. and when I would get 90s up to that point, not even realizing that I'm getting 90s without like having to go home and study the material over and over, like 
maybe most people were doing. And then I get to grade 12 and everything starts to be hard. And I realize I don't even know how to study. And then I find out I don't really have the ability to focus in that way. But I don't know how to talk to people about that. And of course, I'm a teenager. Maybe I'm drinking and I'm just being a lazy teenager. So no one really clues in that this could be attention deficit. And it was due to the fact that I was such a high achiever. And even, even at this lower level of, uh, you know, so I was getting like high 60s instead of 90s, it still was fine. I'm not failing, right? So no one has this trigger to say, oh, wow, this is such a contrast. Let's get this person checked out. So like that, that, that's kind of the thing that happened to me, right? And, and, uh, and that's why, you know, I was, I had so much trouble, but it didn't start until then. If it would have started earlier, maybe, maybe I would have clued in to this mental health issue, right? Is that when the gambling started? Well, the, the gambling was always there. And I, I think that happens with a lot of addictions too. Maybe you're just a casual smoker. Maybe you just have a drink here and there. And then when something goes wrong in your life, well, what are you going to turn to, right? The thing that you like to do. And so, yeah, gambling and lottery tickets were always a thing for me. I had an early incident when I was 11 where I wasn't allowed to buy the thing that I wanted to buy with my money because my parents had to help me buy it. And they said, eh, you know, it's too much and whatever. I went and blew my money on lottery tickets because they would just give you lottery tickets if you said it was for your parents or whatever. And that was kind of my early inciting incident. Um, not that it continued like that through my teens, but that was like, that gave me the bug, the taste, right? And uh, they said about smoking, like if, if somebody that you really respect or you like, like maybe a babysitter or something is smoking and they make it look glamorous, you're more likely to take up smoking and think it's positive. And so early experiences really do drive that. And that was, that was how I, uh, gambling became the thing. So when I started having trouble with learning and coping with just being able to deal with their life and, and the amount of focus that later life takes that you don't need when you're a teenager or an early teen anyway, that's where I went. Yeah. Wow. So first of all, I mean, it, kudos to you for, for being at this point where you're like, yep, I'm pretty self-aware. I knew, I obviously probably took a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. like, I'm pretty self-aware. I know what's going on. And so fast forward to now, what is your life and financial situation like? Yeah. So we'll just continue. Uh, you know, I was paying. So yeah, by 2011, I had my last relapse. You know, it was like one of those, um, I was quitting a job and I gave too much notice and it was really stressing me out. And it's, it's the weirdest thing because I, I didn't even gamble as I normally would. It was like this weird thing where I actually took a bus to a casino, which I'd, I'd never done before, honestly. And it just, it was like, I was just in this daze, like, like you need to get one last one out of your system sort of thing. Didn't really have credit cards even then too, because I was still paying off my proposal. And so I just uh, brought cash with me. And yeah, I did a little video about that one that's on YouTube. But uh, that was my last relapse. And then I got the opportunity to go away to, I, I was in Peru for a month uh, between jobs. And that was kind of what I needed to, I don't know, um, just start over, you know, a fresh start. Like I'm done, done with the gambling, get some perspective, be, being away and then come back and just start fresh. You know, I was still going to the, the group gambling counseling sessions, which is good because I could just go and say, yep, no, no gambling for me, you know, still good. But 
try to support the other people that were there. And honestly, when I got back in 2011, I uh, just started saying yes to a lot of things like spending time with people, you know, activities, things that I, I, I thought were impeding my life that I realized later actually are life. And I thought, oh, it's just, you know, I had stayed at home a lot because I was hiding, I was gambling, I was ashamed of who I was and, and being in debt and all that stuff. But I opened myself up to the world and I met my wife uh, just randomly at a, a friend of a friend's party. And, you know, we've been uh, married for over five years now uh, together for, uh, you know, since 2011. So uh, almost eight years uh, to the day. And we just had a baby uh, in February, Henry. And, you know, I was able to pay off my proposal, save up a bunch of money, get a job that, uh, you know, paid me twice what I needed to live at the time and just sort of focus on on that rebuilding and, you know, no more debts, built up a bunch of money. And then uh, two years ago, I, I took a little break uh, from work, like a mini retirement to try to figure out uh, what I want to do. And now I'm back. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm at home with the baby for the next month, but uh, when we get daycare, I'm going to be starting as an insolvency counselor, uh, helping the people who are like me, who are just filed for bankruptcy and are trying to figure out how to not go through it again or fix their problems. So full circle. Yeah, that that's just amazing. So one last question, Bo, is how are you living beyond the dollar? So yeah, it's, I mean, definitely it's not all about money for me anymore. It's about values, right? I realized that. That's why I quit my job two years ago because it wasn't meeting my values, right? Like a lot of jobs meet some of your values, right? And money is one of them. It's probably not high on everybody's list, but it's there because you need it to live. And I'm just making choices for my happiness and not like, you know, having all the money in the world isn't as important to me as long as I can meet my basic needs. And I'm not concerned about material things so much, just spending time with family, you know, my, my son and my wife and just helping people. That's important to me. Definitely. Bo, thank you so much again for coming on Beyond the Dollar. Where can everyone find you? Yeah, so my my the easiest place is bowhumphreys.com. Uh, my podcast is The Personal Finance Show. So wherever you find this podcast, just look for The Personal Finance Show or Bo Humphreys and that'll come up. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm really focusing on you know, the helping people now and uh, this new job. And I will be releasing podcasts, not as frequently, but you know, because I just did 100 shows and I think you were on episode 98 or something like that, one of the late <laughs> 90s. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just nice to have done that in the last two years and sort of spread financial literacy. That's important. So I'm going to keep doing that and, you know, uh, helping people in uh, whatever way I can. Awesome. Thanks again, Bo. Thank you. All right. Thank you for sticking around. As promised, let's unpack my conversation with Bo. Now, just one caveat before I keep going is that I am not a bankruptcy attorney, not a debt counselor, that type of professional. So if you are looking for specific advice related to that, please go and find a reputable one or a licensed attorney or a debt counselor. Now, Bo talked about filing for bankruptcy. And the equivalent of what he said was would be um, chapter seven in the US. Not sure what it is in other countries. So that can be a solution if you are way over your head over debt payments. And, you know, in Bo's case, he couldn't even make the minimum payment and he just needed some breathing room. 
If you feel that that's the case, it's really a personal decision. Something else you can think about is to seek the help of a debt management or a debt settlement service company. So a debt management company tends to be a nonprofit and then settlement company tends to be for-profit. And so one of the main differences, I'll link to something in the show notes, so beyondthedollar.co slash 60 for a little bit more detail about it, is that a debt settlement service negotiate to lower the amount that you owe overall. So the interest rate and all that might not change, but it's the actual just lowering the amount. So the idea is to use that way to lower your monthly payments. Debt management companies work with the lenders to lower interest rates and to negotiate different terms so that you are still paying the same amount that you borrowed, but you're paying less in interest and hopefully that will better manage your monthly payments. There's no right or wrong answers to which one you want to choose. It's really up to you and what you think the pros and cons are and what you're, you know, what you're willing to do. But if you're feeling overwhelmed, okay, sometimes it maybe you need to take a breather. Maybe it's just squeezing more room in the budget, whatever it is. Like think of the options and don't feel bad if you file for bankruptcy. There are lots of people who do that and they've bounced back, right? Like Bo. Bo has bounced back from bankruptcy. Something else that he talked about is to really try to get to know yourself, figuring out what makes you tick, finding some ways to manage your emotions in a positive way, right? He unfortunately didn't realize he had ADD until he was an adult. And so he used gambling as a way to manage those negative emotions he had. And it got him into $40,000 worth of debt, right? So it's not easy to just go and be like, oh yeah, this is what's going on. Of course, getting to know yourself is going to take a long time. But the point is to try to make that effort and commit to finding healthier ways to express yourself. And that could mean taking advantage of a wellness program at work. It could mean going to therapy or counseling. There are a bunch of services. I think Talk Spaces, one of them, this is a US-centric one. I know my personally, my health insurance provider does telehealth service. So you can actually now just book an appointment to see a counselor and you just do via video chat. So there's lots of options like that wherever you are. And just one more thing is don't be too proud to seek the help of any professional. And then when you do, be open to what they have to say. And by that, I mean, so when Bo talked about going to counseling and finding natural ways to manage his ADD, he ended up having to go on medication. And, you know, he really stressed like, yeah, for some people, they're very anti-meds, but don't discount them. If sometimes maybe there's a chemical imbalance, whatever, right? So in his case, he was, he was open to that. And so whatever your financial situation is and whatever someone's telling you to do, maybe it's like tough love and you just don't want to hear it. Try to be open. Be open to at least trying something out. If it doesn't work down the line or if you're just not going to commit to it, let's say you try it for a month, then that's perfectly fine. Because making change in your financial situation and your financial life is going to be really, really uncomfortable. And so sometimes you're going to do things that you don't want to do. And sometimes it really means just setting your pride and ego aside and filing for bankruptcy or going to a debt manager company or going to a therapist, whatever it may be to help you get better. 
So I hope you got a lot out of that conversation. Let me know what you think or any topics that you would like to hear in future episodes of Beyond the Dollar. My email is hello at beyond the dollar or hit me up on Instagram at beyond the dollar. And just letting you know that this is a second last season of second last episode, not second last season, second last episode of this season. So next week's episode is a bit of a doozy, but an important one. I'm interviewing a gentleman who is 69 years old and he's talking a little bit about his financial regrets. So I hope you stick around for that one. All right. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening in on Beyond the Dollar. If you like what you heard, please share with a friend. It'll help share the mission of what we're trying to do, which is to have more deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. Tag them on Instagram or one of my posts at Beyond the Dollar. Send them a link, whatever you want to do to spread the mission of what we're doing here. Now, if you feel that putting money towards the things that really matter is a challenge for you, download our values-based spending guide. You'll gain clarity around what matters to you most in life, be able to name your most important values, and how to start putting money towards those things. To download the values-based spending guide, go to beyondthedollar.co slash values. Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. And thanks to Donovan Durant for providing this awesome music. Music.